What's happening? Shit, I know something happening. Cause everything's moving. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Elevated Sports Podcast, and this is Eric Sagala. chance at a pick in the next play. Montana beat him with a touchdown pass to Taylor. And now they go deep down the field and it is intercepted on the rebound by Bell. On Bell. Oh, he's clobbered. Clotheslined at the 45. But they take over the Bengals with the third straight game in the playoffs where they come up with a crucial pick. Oh, this could be a sentence that a month ago would sound incomprehensible. From 31 yards, McPherson, and Cincinnati is heading to the Super Bowl. He called it again, I'm sure. He walked up and he goes, can you believe, coach? We're going to the Super Bowl. And they did it. They beat Mahomes at home. Wow, Joe Burrow. No way. Garoppolo, under pressure. Donald got there in the Accepted by the Rams, and they may ride to the Super Bowl on that. the pressure and Trayvon Howard with the interception. They bring five and you see the pressure. Here comes Aaron Donald, Von Miller's back there and Jimmy Garoppolo just trying to get rid of the ball and hoping not to take a sack and go backwards any further than he already had. And there's Trayvon Howard to end the game. Still no sacks by this Rams defense, but something even better on that third down play. Pressure, the pick. Wowzers, uh, wasn't really expecting that from this past weekend. At one point, I had completely thought that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to pull it off just because it's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Instead, Oh my God, we get the most interesting Super Bowl we've seen in quite some time. We'll talk about some of those games as well as some of the breaking news that has happened around the NFL. This is Eric Sagala with the Elevated Sports Podcast. And yes, we are back at it with another episode here. Getting you ready for, well, I guess the Pro Bowl weekend. Yeah, Pro Bowl. And then we'll get you ready for a good old Super Bowl Sunday, Super Sunday Um, Basically, oh my god. So we'll have to go into some of these games and the wild endings and the great comebacks and what a championship weekend. It's been awesome. This this postseason has been so fun to experience. It's been unlike any NFL season I've I've quite seen. Now, I was wrong about my prediction. I was like, okay, I was 50% wrong about my prediction, but the other 50% I got right. At least I got, you know, one of the teams in. So, yeah, that's what we got going on. Uh, Pro Bowl will be Sunday, February 6th in Las Vegas. I'm pretty sure that'll be on ESPN or something like that. Maybe NFL Network. I don't think they ever, you know, 
display that nationally. So I don't know if the uh, Broncos had anybody. I kind of just, you know, toned that out. I know Justin Simmons may have gotten uh, shafted. I don't think we have any pro bowlers. Anyways, breaking news out of Denver, Colorado. Before we get into the highlights of one epic weekend, Nathaniel Hackett has been named the 18th head coach of the Denver Broncos. Uh, so the hunt has ended for the next head coach. You know, I, w- I was expecting there to be, it was going to be a longer process, but uh, it sounded like uh, Nathaniel Hackett was definitely a huge favorite, including Kevin O'Connell. I know that there was planned to be a second interview with Kevin O'Connell, uh, the Rams offensive coordinator, if I wasn't mistaken, could be mistaken. But the Broncos announced their 18th head coach when Nathaniel Hackett was actually supposed to go on to a plane and do a second interview with Jacksonville. Jacksonville has been doing second interviews with a lot of people. We'll also get into who they're looking at. But first, we got to talk about this new rejuvenated head coach coming to the Denver Broncos. A complete 180 from the old old-timer Vic Fangio, who uh, was famously quoted, death by inches. Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, his highlight of his interview, you know, was just a lot of energy, a lot of positive thinking, and looks like, you know, he's having a good time, he's having fun, but of course, yeah, the fun ends when you start losing, and uh, he approached the the thought of losing, he's like, hey, losing's gonna happen, it's just the way the NFL is, depending on how much we lose with Nathaniel Hackett, we'll, we'll really have to see, but I think first and foremost, he's got to address the quarterback position. Now, with the higher of Nathaniel Hackett being the offensive coordinator from the Green Bay Packers. That's huge. Uh, a lot of thoughts of, of what we had thought at the beginning of the year, around draft time last year, I guess, where there was a lot of huge Aaron Rodgers to Denver Broncos rumors out there. And it looks like those rumors have started firing back up, you know. The possibility of Aaron Rodgers coming to the Denver Broncos is uh, significantly high now. Um, apparently, through some whispers in the NFL and through various scouting people, It sounds like a lot of people are expecting Aaron Rodgers to be traded and that the Denver Broncos are the favorite, but those are just whispers. But but we'll see how legitimate those whispers are when the season gets going. Hopefully they make a trade before the draft so we're not sitting here thinking that we're going to get the ninth overall pick and nothing happens before the draft. So maybe, maybe just maybe the Denver Broncos make some sort of miracle trade. But to be honest, it's nice to think, you know, to close your eyes and imagine good old Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest of all time, suited up orange he doesn't look right when you see all the photoshop pictures just kind of seems off and for that reason i just don't believe that you know not not for that reason but i just don't know if i can honestly believe the denver broncos can strike what's that old saying uh catch lightning in a bottle three times twice through a trade once through free agency twice in the trade possibly being aaron Rodgers, and then of course the first overall pick john elway back in 1983 trading for him getting him to the denver broncos which was an absolutely incredible trade and and one interesting fact is that the Denver Broncos have never drafted number one overall in their history of the organization, which is pretty crazy. We've been two with Von Miller, but other than that, I mean, we never drafted the first overall pick for the Denver Broncos. So what Nathaniel Hackett does at the quarterback position, that's going to be huge. A lot of people think, you know, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, it is, is it a massive fail? Uh, depends on who he gets as quarterback. Um, we'll, we'll talk about some of the, the names that are out there. Some of them are interesting. Some of them are... Eh. Some of them are I don't want to do anything with. So we'll, we'll break those down and kind of talk about some of these guys. And, you know, give me your opinion. What, what do you think the Denver Broncos should do going into the uh, into this next offseason? You can always email me at elevatedsportspodcast at gmail.com. Definitely respond to those. Uh, but I haven't got any, so email me. Reach out. Again, that's elevatedsportspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram and all that sh- jazz and 
I'm on there. I'm listed. Just look up Elevated Sports Podcast and you'll be able to find me, even on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I mean, no Eric Bieniemy, who I had actually believed to be, you know, the next head coach that was going to be signed. But like year after year, it just seems like he's being overlooked or he's not being hired. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with Eric Bieniemy. I don't know why people are not wanting him. Maybe he just interviews really bad. But I mean, is that any reason to? I don't know. I don't know uh, how that whole head coaching you know process works. It seems long and tenuous, and it just I don't know. But uh, no Dan Quinn either, who a lot of people had thought was the favorite because general manager George Payton had said that he wants a leader, um, somebody who has been kind of been in it before. Uh, they were kind of looking at like the retread head coach type of deal. And uh, yeah, Dan Quinn was a lot of people thought was going to be the favorite, but I don't know. Maybe it was that performance that they had in the playoffs going up against the San Francisco 49ers where they squandered their opportunity that Dan Quinn, you know, you know, he didn't do anything impressive defensively, that's for sure. But, uh, I mean, he didn't put up any sort of good defensive game plan against that rush offense by San Francisco, and you know how good they are at running, even though they also came close at the end. And uh, from what that seems like, it seems like Mike McCarthy is safe. Um, he's sticking around, even though there was some interesting quotes by good old Jerry Jones saying, for now, or something like that. I, I don't know. Dallas, another year, another where, you know, they were really legit at the beginning of the year. And then, I don't know, playoff time, they always just kind of just fall apart. So Dan Quinn also informed that he will stay with the with Dallas, and it seemed like he was banking on the Denver job. He was definitely, definitely thought he was going to get that job. So I guess he was crushed when he didn't, didn't even bother, you know, going to any of the other teams that were uh, really, you know, looking to sign a, a new head coach. The Chicago Bears, though, they hired uh, both a new GM and a new head coach. And uh, Ryan Poles, the former Chiefs executive director of player personnel for their new GM position and head coach, former Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus. I don't know. I can't say his name without saying it with an accent. Matt Eberflus. There we go. Um, defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. So he is the new head coach of the Bears. We'll see what happens with that uh, dynamic duo, I guess. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars actually interviewed Vic Fangio for their head coaching position. Um, interesting. Interesting, because... I don't know. They must have seen something that they liked, but I'm telling you, it's a mistake. Jacksonville, stay away. Uh, Josh McDaniels is back in the NFL as a head coach. And he is hired as the Las Vegas Raiders new head coach. Unbelievable. He's back in the AFC West. And he's going to battle the Broncos twice a year. I hope the Broncos really... I hope this rivalry this rivalry just went up to a whole other level. I mean, I remember when, you know, he was coaching the team for the Broncos and then completely fell apart and lost, what, 45-10 or something like that? I don't know. They must have had like 59 points or something like that in one game against the Broncos. And it was bad. So bad. So Josh McDaniels is back. Las Vegas Raiders head coach. Oh, I can't wait for that. Also, with the Raiders, uh, they fired their GM earlier, Mike Mayock, and they hired Patri uh, Patriots director player personnel Dave Ziegler uh, as their new GM. In other news, 
We got uh, the Giants hiring their new head coach in Brian Dable, um, the former Bills offensive coordinator. Um, and uh, the Bills have promoted Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator for that position. So uh, congratulations, Brian Dable. Hopefully you can change the uh, the Giants' woes around. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, some other head coaching news. Sean Payton, the uh, longtime head coach of the New Orleans Saints, has stepped down as their uh, head coach. That's that's a bit of a surprise one. Um, it seems like it, it had been going on for some time. And uh, he was just ready to uh, go ahead and pack it up. I mean, he was with the New Orleans Saints from 2006 to 2021. He led the New Orleans Saints to their very first Super Bowl victory in the 2009 season, um, which was a pretty exciting season, if uh, anybody remembers that year. Uh, they battled Peyton Manning, the MVP, and his uh, dynamic team. Uh, those were the top two teams in the NFL, and they battled it out. And uh, it was it was an incredible, incredible game. Um, incredible run for the New Orleans Saints, and Drew Brees' only uh, Super Bowl victory, Sean Payton's only as a head coach. Um, but before that, I mean, he was uh, kind of rolled over the NFL, uh, <clears throat> dating back in... Uh, the 97 season with the Philadelphia Eagles. He was the quarterback's coach. Then with the Giants in 99. Uh, then he was promoted to the offensive coordinator from 2000-2002. And then he was basically with the Dallas Cowboys as the assistant head coach and quarterback's coach in 2003 through 2005. And then, of course, with the New Orleans Saints, who uh, brought him in that year. And he was uh, also named the AP Coach of the Year 2006 um, which is incredible for him. Uh, obviously, after the Super Bowl, there was a lot of uh, controversy that surrounded that team and uh, what had happened in 2010 or 2011. One of those years, that's when Bounty Gate happened. And uh, obviously, that story was um, during the playoffs, defensive coordinator... Uh, Greg Williams was putting out bounties for hit, for quarterbacks that they were playing in the playoffs, including uh, the infamous Kurt Warner, Brett Favre with the Vikings, and then Peyton Manning uh, with the Indianapolis Colts, basically putting out like hits out on these guys uh, for their defensive players. And Jonathan Vilma knew about it. Uh, apparently, Sean Payton knew about it, but kind of like kept it under the wraps. So <clears throat> with that. That was, um, yeah, that was controversy all within itself. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that. I, I remember when it happened. I was so excited to be, a, you know, to really root on the Saints that year. Um, because back then, I wasn't a big fan of the Colts. I hated Peyton Manning. Yeah, you remember, I was a Bronco fan my whole life. So the 2003-2004 season ended in uh, brutal fashion for the Denver Broncos when they battled Peyton Manning in the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and they, it was just one completely one way, and it was just a complete domination. And I think 2003 was when Peyton Manning got his first uh, playoff victory against the Denver Broncos, <clears throat> and it was pretty pretty easy for him to pull that one through. Um, so wasn't rooting for him in that Super Bowl. I was going on for the Saints, and originally I was going on for the Vikings. You know, I was rooting on the Vikings, uh, hoping they were going to pull it off that year, but. Nope, Sean Payton, uh, he, he was a great coach and, 
you know, watching back at some of those games, uh, he, he did a great job with that team. And uh, even did a great job even after those years. I mean, he, they were always competitive. They were always top of the NFC South, except for like a couple years where uh, Drew Brees was hurt. And then even in these last couple of years with Drew Brees, uh, they made strong playoff pushes. Um, but unfortunately, they came short quite a couple of times. Then uh, last year, obviously, it was uh, Drew Brees' last ride. It was like a divisional round exit for him. And I don't know. Uh, after that, Drew Brees decided to hang it up. Sean Payton tried to go this season without, you know, without Drew Brees and had had a, a, a nice start to the season with Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston looked great. Um, he's potentially a free agent, so we'll also discuss that about quarterbacks. But um, yeah, Sean Payton, after this year, um, he just said he couldn't do it anymore. It was too much for him. Uh, obviously, you know, the pandemic had to play a huge factor in any who just wasn't about it anymore. So, um, and I understand that. Um, it's been hard for everybody. So Sean Payton, he stepped down, and uh, now there's another head coaching job available. Um, Sean Payton had an incredible career as head coach. Uh, there's also rumors kind of circulating the world that he possibly could go to the Dallas Cowboys whenever Mike McCarthy gets fired, um, which apparently everybody's expecting that to happen. Um, so that, that's something that I've heard, uh, but he's definitely not going to coach this year is what he has said. So um, other head coaching rumors, speaking of which, Jim Harbaugh has... Uh, has had an interview with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but also there, there's speculation that he's playing hardball, trying to force Michigan to give him a bigger paycheck because, uh, yeah, he's just trying to get more money as a college football head coach. And uh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, also, uh, the Vikings' former GM, Rick Spillman, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars are interested in him and it's been apparent that they are not pleased with current GM Trent Balky, who has had uh, some issues with his players. Um, Jags have also had a second interview with Doug Peterson, so that, that could be a potential hire there. I think that's a higher chance, uh, more likely to happen with Doug Peterson rather than Rick Fangio. I mean, come on. Also, Kevin, Con Kevin O'Connell still has a uh, potential landing spot with the Houston Texans who are uh, looking at him and uh, trying to bring him in at some point. So that's a potential there. Um, other head coaching news. It's kind of a big one. Uh, this just kind of was reported a couple of hours ago. Brian Flores is suing the NFL, the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins, and the Denver Broncos, alleging racist hiring uh, practices with those teams and uh, saying that, you know, he's being ousted and... Uh, uh, he alleged with the Denver Broncos that John Alway and Joe Ellis showed up late from a night of drinking for a sham interview back in 2019 when he was going on his head coaching journey. Uh, I'm trying to look for a landing spot there. Uh, Broncos have denied any claims that by Flores and say that they are, quote, blandly false and baseless. Also, with the Denver Broncos sticking with that team, uh, they are officially putting their team up for sale. So, uh, Forbes has listed the franchise as up to $3.75 billion, uh, which is crazy. Uh, that, that's 
that's just um, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, I know that uh, Brittany Bolin, who the uh, Pat Bolin trustees were trying to groom as the next owner, um, things kind of fell through there when uh, the other family members weren't all on the same board with that decision. And uh, now it looks like uh, the team's going to go up for sale. Something that the uh, family did not want to happen, as well as um, you know some of the. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just a, kind of a crazy thing that happened. Um, and it's just sad to see. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Pat Bolin with this franchise uh, took him to great places. Um, absolutely incredible. Um, and there was also a statement from the uh, Pat Bolin um, family. I'll go ahead and uh, read that one. Uh, quote... When Pat Bolin purchased the Denver Broncos in 1984 with the help of his siblings John, Bill, and Meribeth, uh, he set out with the goal of being number one in everything. Over the past 38 years, seasons, excuse me, his vision enabled the Broncos to become champions on and off the field. With today beginning the Broncos' transition to new ownership, our family is overwhelmed with gratitude for what this organization and community have meant to us. There are truly no words to express our deep appreciation to all of Broncos country for its unwavering support during the past four decades. We will forever cherish Pat's leadership as a Hall of Fame owner and CEO, guiding the Denver Broncos to three world championships, seven Super Bowls, 13 AFC West titles, and 21 winning seasons. Off the field, Pat ensured his team give back to the Denver community with the same passion that Bronco fans display every Sunday in the fall. Nothing Pat accomplished would have been possible without the players whom he loved dearly. Thank you to thank you to those who's who proudly wore the Denver Broncos jersey over the years for your commitment to winning and serving our community. Our family is eternally grateful for the coaches, support staff, and team employees for all their contributions. Thank you for all the countless sacrifices and dedication to the Broncos. Pat used to say Pat used to say the Broncos belong to the fans. And that ultimately was their team. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for this incredible ride. It has been the honor of our lifetime. All of us know that the impact of Mr. B will live on with the Broncos and in the hearts, minds, and memories of the fans. You will always cheer for the orange and blue. Go Broncos. That was a statement from the Bolin family. So, uh, yeah, sad to see an end of an era. And uh, we just hope that we get somebody uh, for the new owner just just to really care about this team don't want some you know billionaire who's not from colorado or, or something like that who, who doesn't really care or um they just want to say that they own a team for the sake of saying that they own a team so we'll see what happens in the uh, coming months it sounds like uh it'll be put up for auction so we'll see who's got the deepest pockets other news um some retirement news well, first we'll start off with Big Ben Roethlisberger. <clears throat> Roethlisberger um, retired just a couple of days ago at the age of 39. Um, this comes after the playoff run that they had, where they ended up becoming a playoff team off of a 9-7 and one record. And surprisingly, yeah, yeah, they made the playoffs, and nobody was really, nobody really saw that happening. This team was pretty much just one of the worst to watch, and somehow snuck it in and big ben was pretty much the you know the the, the emotional strive for that to happening 
they uh, basically played with their emotions and wanted to win one one more for Ben. And uh, unfortunately, they fell short to the Kansas City Chiefs, who uh, a lot of people were thinking they were going to be the AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs. Instead, they're the going home or staying home Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, yeah, they blew, they blew it. Uh, but other than that, sorry, we'll get back to that. Just thinking about that game. Ben Roethlisberger, um, he was named the Offensive Rookie of the Year back in 2004. Uh, and it was also his first, uh, well, his first Pro Bowl selection was in 2007. But in 2004, yeah, he, he started. Um, I think he missed like the first three games and then ended up playing uh, the rest of them having like an undefeated rookie record. Um, then they lost in the playoffs in 2004. Um, and then, of course, we all know what happened the following year. Uh, he took his team to the first Super Bowl since, damn, what, the 1979 season? Um, took him to the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 40 and played the Seattle Seahawks, uh, beating him 21-10. And that season alone was uh, absolutely incredible because you never heard of a team that to go on the road and win all three road um, playoff wins. And it was an incredible ride how they got to Super Bowl 40. I know that they played the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, they played... They, they were the division champions at that time. That's when, you know... Obviously, I, I mentioned these names before, but, you know, it was a good time. I remember Carson Palmer, of course. Uh, Chad Johnson. Cedric Benson. TJ Hushmanzada. And, uh, frankly, it was his fault that they lost that game because Hushmanzada was wiping his feet with the terrible towel. And that was great big disrespect to the uh, Still City. So Big Ben goes in there and, and, and whoops up on the Bengals, pulls off that victory. Then he goes on the road again against the top-seeded Indianapolis Colts. And somehow they finish that game off with an incredible miracle fashion. And uh, it started off with a good old uh, fumble from the bus, um, Jerome Bettis, as he was going in the end zone. And uh, flopped, it for, flopped it backwards and Colts picked it up and ran it all the way back and gave the Colts a chance to move forward. Um, and frankly, I was looking at this game very closely because, of course, I said I'd mentioned earlier, 2003-2004, the Denver Broncos lost to the Colts uh, both times in the playoffs and just got their asses whooped. So this was an opportunity for them, you know, okay, maybe we, the Colts lose this one and uh, we play the Steelers in Denver. And then obviously what had happened was the Colts yeah, man, they, they got it back, and they were about to kick a field goal for the game winner and missed it, and the Steelers pulled it off. So they head to the Mile High City to play the number two seed, the Denver Broncos, who had just beat the two-time defending champion, New England Patriots, who were going for the third. And obviously stopped them, and that was the start of the Denver Broncos' um, kryptonite to the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. So that we played the, the, the Steelers, the Denver Broncos, just uh, that was a sad game to watch because they just fell apart. And uh, there was left-handed throws by good old Jake Plummer, and uh, yeah, that was bad. It was the start of the downfall for Jake Plummer and, uh, and uh, Mike Shanahan. That would be the highest point Mike Shanahan would get after Super Bowl 33. So obviously they, they go to the... They go to Detroit, and that's where they play the Seattle Seahawks. They're going for their first Super Bowl, and he won it at the age of 23. In 2006, he became the youngest Super Bowl-winning quarterback in NFL history. And 
yeah, then a couple seasons later, they uh, went to Super Bowl 43, battled the Arizona Cardinals in an absolutely incredible game-winning touchdown to Santonio Holmes where they won that game 27-23. There's only 35 seconds left and that was uh that was perhaps one of the best games in the Super Bowl era. Um before that it was like, you know, Denver Broncos Super Bowl 32 was probably one of the best ones. And then that game came along and that was like probably the number one and then of course uh Super Bowl 51 by the New England Patriots was absolutely incredible as well. Uh, and then he, he would appear in his third Super Bowl in Super Bowl 45 and lost to the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers loads some Super Bowl victory, 31-25. They basically uh, didn't have a chance in that one. But he was a six-time Pro Bowler in 2007, 2011, 2018, 2017. He was a two-times NFL passing leader in 2014 and 2018. Um, yeah, uh, he, he had an incredible career. Um... And he has, here's some of his NFL records. He has the most career 500-yard passing games with four. Most career perfect passer rating games with four. Uh, most completions in a regular season or postseason game with 47. Uh, he had, he was 64% career completion, uh, 418 touchdowns, 211 interceptions, 64,088 passing yards, and he finishes his career with a passer rating of 93.5. Um, yeah, man, he, he looked great. Uh, he wore number seven because of his, he idolized John Elway as a kid growing up and uh, had some great seasons, especially towards the end. Uh, obviously, they didn't go the way that he wanted them to. Um, yeah, even like last year, I know that they were like on a 10-game win streak and then lost in the playoffs to the Browns. So uh, it was an incredible run for Big Ben. Um, you know, it, it's the start of a new era. So this is the end of an era for Big Ben Roethlisberger. He retired. Um, so uh, Steelers will have to figure out what they're going to do. Mike Tomlin, um, speaking of which, you know how we were talking about Mike Flores earlier, uh, alleging racism in the NFL and in hiring practices. Right now, Mike Tomlin is the lonesome black head coach in the NFL. And that's just... That's just disappointing. Um, so I understand where Brian Flores is coming from. Um, but, you know, his allegations seem a little a little tough, especially, you know, just the accusation against the Denver Broncos. Does John Elway and Joe Ellis seem like the type who would just show up drunk? I don't know. Uh, from my perspective and what I've known, doesn't seem likely. I mean, you would think that they were professionals. But uh, what do I know? I wasn't in his shoes, uh, so I, I don't know what happened. But... It just kind of seems outlandish. In other news, another retiree, uh, which was retired, not retired. Okay, he's retired. And that is Tom Brady, the GOAT, some people consider. Uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. One of the most successful NFL at, uh, players of all time. Tom Brady, number 12. The quarterback from... I don't even know where he is from. California? Yeah, he's from California. He retired at the age of 44 years old. He was a six-round pick, number 199 overall uh, from the University of Michigan back in the year 2000. He played with the New England Patriots from 2000 to 2019, so almost 20 years with one team, and then 2020 to 2021 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pulling out a Super Bowl victory with his final team. So, 
all-time leader in Super Bowl victories. It's just incredible. Seven Super Bowl, seven-time Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl 36, 37, or sorry, 36, 38, 39, uh, 49, 51, 53, and 55. That is an absolute incredible domination of this team. He might come out on top as uh, another MVP as he currently has five Super Bowl. Oh, okay, this is Super Bowl MVPs. He has five of them. Um, 36, 38, 39, 51, and 55. Uh, three times he has been named the NFL Most Valuable Player back in 2007, 2010, and 2017, and possibly 2021 as he led the league this year in passing yards and passing touchdowns, which is absolutely crazy to think a 44-year-old can do something like that. So, um, absolutely incredible career, man. I mean... This little Super Bowl runs that he had early on with the first um, New England Patriots pulling out that uh, that dynasty back in 2001, 03, and 04. Uh, and then now, obviously, after losing the Denver Broncos, which I like to toot, toot about, um, they, just, they go on a, a slight downfall. Um, they're not making as many Super Bowls. Then they go back and lose to the Giants twice after having a perfect season. And losing to what the nine and seven, uh, nine and seven New York Giants, which nobody believed that they they were going to be able to pull that one off, but that was a great Super Bowl too. That was one of my favorites. Um, and then they play him again in 2011, and of course uh, Victor Cruz and that team uh, they pulled it off again. And uh, you know a lot of comparison uh, going back to like Tom Brady or excuse me Ben Roethlisberger and. Uh, Eli Manning. A lot of people ask, you know, who who is the better quarterback out of those two? Uh, And I think I would have to go with uh, Eli Manning over Big Ben Roethlisberger. Um, And and his numbers are incredible. And in comparison, I mean, there's some things that Big Ben did that Eli didn't do, and there's some things that Eli did that Big Ben didn't do. Big Ben has always had a great defense around him, so he always had you know, great supporting cast. Eli's, you know, pretty much has put his team on his back and um, sometimes, you know, it, it took him to the playoffs and the Super Bowl at times, but other times, you know, it wouldn't. So, but yeah, I mean, it, I would have to go with Eli Manning over in that, in that draft class. Obviously nobody's talking about Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers had a great career, but he was definitely not anything near the way Eli or uh, Big Ben was. Uh, in those years so but yeah I mean uh, this is what good old Tom Brady retires with most Super Bowl wins at 7 most Super Bowl appearances at 10 there's only been 55 Super Bowls and Tom Brady's been in 10 of them most Super Bowl MVPs with 5 most career quarterback wins with 243 most career passing attempts with 11,317 most career passing completions with 7,263. Most career passing touchdowns, 624. These numbers are just absolutely incredible. Most career passing yards with 84,520. Um, just incredible, man. Absolutely incredible career. Um, he finishes his career off with a 97.6. But that's seven Super Bowl victories. That, that is huge. Um, definitely one of the greatest. Um, it hurts for me to say that, you know, one of the greatest of all time, because, uh, 
you know, we played against them so many times. And uh, most of the time we, we've come out on top. Uh, I think he has an e- dead even record with the Denver Broncos head to head. And before last year against the, the Broncos played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think he was uh, had a losing record against the Denver Broncos. So, But yeah, it seemed to be that the Broncos were the only team that could really take him down at certain times. Um, so it, it was a good good run for Tom Brady. Um, it's good to see him retire finally. You know, I'd hate to see him go out the way good old uh, Brett Favre went out. I mean, that was brutal. Um, that was kind of hard to see because, you know, I, I really liked Brett Favre when he was in purple and gold. I didn't like him when he was with the Packers, but when he was with the Vikings, that was a fun team to watch. And uh, after that 2009 season, I was like, come on, come back and, and win it this year. And then he came back and I was so excited. And then he got just got just got beat the hell up. So sadly, that, that's the end of uh, of that era for Tom Brady. Ben Roethlisberger, Sean Payton, just a lot of things ending. So it's been crazy. Crazy year. Uh, and uh, de- definitely crazy playoff finish as well. So, uh, yeah, we, we kind of gave we were over the uh, head coaching news, the Denver Broncos' new quarter or new uh, head coach, not yet quarterback. Um, we'll talk about some of the NFL free agent previews of quarterbacks that are going to be available. Uh, some of these names, you know, Jameis Winston, uh you know, it sounds like, you know, who knows what team he could be on. You know, could he be back on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I don't know. Depends on what offensive coordinator Brian Leftwich uh, will want to do. But uh, with Tom Brady retiring, um, they have Kyle Trask as the, the new the parent, I guess, to Tom Brady. I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, but I don't know if, if uh, James Winston will return uh, now that Sean Payton is out in New Orleans. It's crazy, man. It's just a crazy season. Who knows? Uh, Marcus Mariota, he's been a backup for Oakland. Excuse me, <laughs> Las Vegas. Um, but some teams that that could that you know uh, that could look at Marcus Mariota's Pittsburgh, Denver, Carolina, the Colts, Washington Football Team. Um, but he, he'll most likely be you know quarterback two. San Francisco needed as a backup. Miami, Cleveland, Chicago. Um, might want to play in warm weather. You know, uh, that's where he seems to excel. But I don't know. Mike Mitchell Trubisky. It's uh, a Bronco fan. You know, don't want Trubisky. I haven't seen anything. Cam Newton. Um, his best days are long behind him, but he's still available, and some teams may look at him. Um, I mean, he, he just doesn't. He just can't do it anymore. He's took too much of a beating in his playing career. I don't see Cam Newton really going anywhere. Same with, uh, I don't know about Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know who looks at Teddy Bridgewater and sees him as a viable starter. Um, Obviously, he couldn't get it done with the Broncos. I mean, in those first couple of seasons, or first couple of games of the season, he looked very good, and uh, he looked talented and looked like he was ready to roll, and uh, he was making plays downfield. That injury that came against Baltimore, which was uh, week four, after that, you can tell that Teddy Bridgewater is playing uncomfortable. He was playing scared, scared to get hurt. And uh, that's where you just saw an overwhelming amount of check downs from Teddy Bridgewater. Um, that's basically sad to see because, you know, there was a lot of potential. Then injury happened. And sadly, Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer for the Denver Broncos. And neither is Drew Block. Uh, Drew Locke, you know, he had a 
strong finish somewhat against the Chiefs. I don't know. Uh, no, he, he ran it in like, you know, Tim Tebow. So I wasn't impressed. Andy Dalton's available. Um, Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod Taylor, Trevor Simeon, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Joe Flacco. Yeah, let's bring back Joe Flacco. Um, I don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick will come out and play. He may retire because he's 39 years old. And he's coming off of a serious hip injury. So we don't see that one happening. Brian Hoyer, who has been a veteran backup. Um, he might go to Vegas to be a backup uh, for Josh McDaniels, backup for Derek Carr, but we'll see. Uh, those are who are going to be free agents this year. Now, under contract, that could be dealt. Some of those names include, obviously, um, the elephant in the room, Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers. You know, he's stated his un- his unhappiness, and if he would have gone on to win the, uh, the, what, the Super Bowl this year, then I would have felt that he would have retired with the Green Bay Packers and he would have ended his career there and been satisfied. Uh, unfortunately, in another first-round exit for him and uh, very disappointing into the season, he looked pissed leaving that league. You know, it seemed like he was, you know, he stormed out of the building, not happy. And uh, also, their uh, star wide receiver, who is soon to become a free agent, Devontae Adams, he wants out, but... He'll most likely get tagged, but then I don't think the Green Bay Packers at that point can really afford to keep Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on the same team. So if he should go to a different franchise, I mean, he's going to probably want to go somewhere like Denver or or Las Vegas. And even Indianapolis shouldn't be counted out for because, uh, you know, I don't know. They, they probably don't have enough hope in Carson Wentz. With the Denver Broncos, that seems to be the favorite. Uh, not only is his girlfriend slash actress, Shailene Woodley, she has a residence in Boulder. That may play a part in it, but I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. Another name that could be dealt, Deshaun Watson. This one is... Uh, danger it's got danger tape all over it i don't want deshaun watson to be the denver broncos quarterback just because of everything that's going on with him uh people may think you know innocent till proven guilty but 22 individual cases criminal cases against him which is basically screaming sexual assault that, that that's just a hard to come back from that imagine if you start deshaun watson and then everything that is going on with him legally turns out to be true uh, it just puts a bad look on your franchise because you decided to get this guy. And it seems like uh, that seemed to be a problem in Miami. Miami, the uh, GM wanted to go after Deshaun Watson, but the head coach, uh, Brian Flores, was not about it. And I think that's what started a lot of the uh, arguing back and forth between coach and GM. He essentially got Brian Flores fired. But Deshaun Watson, I wouldn't trade for him. Wouldn't want him. I hope he doesn't come to Denver. And uh, anybody who keeps, you know, calling his name out, it's just it's bad luck on you too. Especially in this day and age, there's a lot of those things that are coming out that are coming out to be true, and uh, it's about time you people listen. Derek Carr is also one, you know, with Josh McDaniels coming to be the new Raiders head coach. You know, he may look look at him and be like, and I, I don't like you, and let's move on from Derek Carr. That could be a potential. I mean, it's just because I've seen it firsthand with Jay Cutler and going for Kyle Orton, so. 
that's an interesting one. Jimmy Garoppolo most likely is going to be traded. Uh, seems like he gave it his all this year. Now, if he would have won the Super Bowl, obviously he would probably would have stayed with the Niners. Uh, but if anything short of that, he was most likely going to be moved on after you know them going with Trey Lance. So Jimmy G out. Uh, he'll be traded. I'm not sure where some teams have uh, come forward as potential landing spots for him. And uh, um. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Jimmy G. There's like, you know, you, you look at him and you're like, you know, there's something there. But then you see him every game throw some like, what the hell kind of play are you doing? Like, that's what basically buried the Niners in the last game was one crazy throw by him when he had a chance for a comeback. Uh, damn, Carson Wentz is also a potential uh, trade um, just because the Colts may have not been happy with his performance, even though they were just had to win their last game of the season and lost um, badly. So Kirk Cousins is another one but don't want Chris Cousins Kirk Cousins just way too inconsistent kind of been saying that all season long um, he's had great numbers and all that but you can't just stick to the analytics you got to watch the film and you can clearly see that you know in some big moments he just can't come through so I wouldn't want him Jared Goff is gonna could be a potential trade option don't know what the Lions would be wanting out of him that depends on who, who they go after in the draft Ryan Tannehill is also potential another disappointing season for him and also Russell Wilson uh, word is that you know he's probably not happy happy with the Seattle Seahawks and probably not getting along with Pete Carroll. That's potential. I don't know what's going to happen with them. It's going to be interesting with uh, the quarterbacks that come around and we'll see what new head coach Nathaniel Hackett has in mind. If it is Aaron Rodgers, that is just, that is incredible. That would just be absolutely unbelievable for, for them to pull that off. But some of the Broncos free agents, uh, they're going to be Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, uh, Kareem Jackson. Those are just some defensive backs. I know Melvin Gordon is going to be a free agent. Teddy Bridgewater, obviously. Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell, Kenny Young. Offensive linemen would be Fleming and Massey. Defensive line would be Weatherly and Steven. Um, Sauber and Beck for the tight ends. Those are all going to be free agents for the Denver Broncos. And perhaps somebody who could replace, you know, good old uh, Kareem Jackson. You know, some interesting names could be uh, Tyron Matthew, Kanae Neal from the Dallas Cowboys, Xavier Woods from the Vikings, Jabril Peppers from the Giants. Those are names that, you know, that could potentially uh, replace them. You can also look at the draft. Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, Joaquin Brisker from Penn State, Jackson Mil- Mil- Hill from Michigan. Um, the, you know, they could also look at that. Cornerbacks, I feel like they're good. They're pretty set on, but, you know, they'll be losing, you know, a couple of big ones. Some veterans, you know, Chris Harris Jr. Come back to the Broncos. Uh, I think that's unlikely. There's also Darius Williams from the Rams. Kwan Williams from the Niners. I don't know. It, it's, uh, I don't think they really need to worry about the uh, corner position. I think they're pretty good. Linebackers is probably where they need to, to focus on if they're going to lose Alexander Johnson, Josie Jewell, Kenny Young. I mean, there's Anthony Barr, Dante Hightower, some veterans, KJ Wright, Eric Wilson, Quan Alexander. I like him from the Saints. Um, but then also Nakobe Dean uh, from Georgia, Quay Walker from Georgia, some some those names. Devin Lloyd from Utah, I've heard his name kind of come around. And these are all prospects coming into the NFL draft. Uh, edge rushers, you know, you got Randy Gregory. That could be a potential. I think they also need to look at, uh, you know, potential pass rusher. 
because uh, losing Von Miller has hurt him. Uh, Bradley Chubb's not playing to his potential. You know, you got Draymond Jones and uh, some other guys who are looking really good for the team. Malik Reed, but I, I think Malik Reed's only on a one-year contract. But, you know, you get Chandler Jones, Jadavion Clowney's uh, going to be a free agent. There's Melvin Ingram. Ryan Kerrigan, he's up there in age, but I feel like Ryan Kerrigan's still got something left in him. Arden Key from the Niners. There's a lot of good names. Justin Houston, I feel like uh, he's past his time, and he's with, he was with the Colts. So, um, But obviously some prospects. Um, so they have Aiden Hutchinson listed as somebody that the Broncos could potentially get. I don't see that one happening. I feel like Aiden Hutchinson will be top to top five pick uh, as an edge rusher. Same with Kayvon Thibodeau. So I, I don't know what they're going to plan on doing in the draft. I don't know if that position's even going to be there, if they're even going to be set at nine. That's hard to say. So it, it could be interesting where this team ends up going with the draft. I don't know if that they're going to plan on getting rid of one of their first rounders. That, that's going to be interesting. But if they continue to stick with the nine overall pick, I mean, I have seen a few drafts. Um, one from CBS Sports saying that uh, the Broncos are projected to get Matt Corral. Maybe that's a we don't get uh, Aaron Rodgers. So quarterback, I've seen it quite a few times. Matt Corral, that'd be an interesting position for, for the Broncos to go with. Uh, I like Corral. I've watched him a few times. Um, I think he's got potential. Um, just a lot of people don't give this quarterback draft class any any sort of hype towards it. And it's... I don't think, I think there's potential. Uh, there's always hidden potential nobody really sees and they always often overlook. So Matt Corral, I, I've kind of watched a few of his games. Same with Kenny Pickett. Those are the two I've definitely paid close attention to this year so far. And uh, I like both of them. So I would be okay if uh, the Broncos decided to go after a young quarterback because what Bronco fans really want is they want to go after a young next superstar quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, somebody that's going to compete with them over the next 10 years. And obviously if we just go after Aaron Rodgers, we probably got three good years and they don't want that but might get us a super bowl so you never know some other names i've seen in mock drafts uh, tyler linderbaum from uh, the offensive lineman from iowa definitely needed help at the that position especially when you see garrett bowles not play at his potential uh, another name nicobe dean linebacker of georgia talked about him definitely a, a uh, kind of a high pick for a top 10 player um i feel like he could definitely help the team out he's six foot 225 and 225 pounds and you know, he, he's definitely, if you watch the, the Georgia Bulldogs this year, you'll, you'll notice N'Kobe Dean, and uh, he, he's been pretty good. So that was one name. Um, another name, of course, I said earlier, uh, Kenny Pickett. Pickett's got the, a lot of the same traits that sent Joe Burrow up so high in the draft, and a team like the Broncos, who do need a quarterback desperately, you know, could be potentially get their quarterback of the future. You never know. That would be uh, definitely interesting. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what the Broncos plan on doing because this mock draft stuff is uh, getting me all excited. Let's go ahead and talk about some of these games in the NFL. Oh my goodness, what what a week of football we had. This uh, ends the championship games. Kansas City, of course, projected we want, you know, everybody picked the Kansas City Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl this year. And uh, at one point, you know, they were in prime position. They they had everything lined up for them. They were they went up so high in this game. I mean, early on, uh, they, they, they made it look easy. They made it look like, you know, um, they don't have what, you know, the Bengals don't have what it takes. And we're just going to blow them out of the, our building. And uh, it sounded loud. It sounded like it was just getting intense for them. And yeah, the Bengals didn't look like the team that, that was uh, going on winning some of these 
these games with full-on confidence. You know, they look like they got rattled. And uh, coming towards the end of the first half, it was 21-3 at one point. Yeah, you know, they were just going off. And with a minute left to go in the second, Samaj Pirine got a nice screen pass from Joe Burrow and ran it in for the end zone. Then uh, the Kansas City Chiefs got it right back and started marching down the field. One deep pass to good old Tyree Kill. You know, just teams after team, week after week, can't freaking match up against these guys. Tyree Kill, you know, gets another one. Moving up to the 30-some yard line. Mahomes just getting it done, you know. Going to Travis Kelsey. And they were driving, threatening 28-10 to 10 at one point, you know. And the losing time on the clock. And it was 15 seconds left. And they had to stop it. 13 seconds left. And they went for it on one play. He goes for the end zone incomplete. The next play is a pass. You know, they get the flag. It was against Eli Apple holding. Or I think it was pass interference is what they called. So they got him to the one and a half yard line, tried a uh, pass from behind the line of scrimmage to Tyree Kill. And uh, he was short of the first down. He got he got met with uh, with Eli Apple. And uh, short of the first down, or for short of the end zone, going into the halftime, you know, missed opportunity. But they were able to get the ball back uh, to start the second quarter or second half. And uh, But they could have gone up 28-10. Uh, after that, it kind of seemed to broke, break their spirit. Uh, they started moving along, but they couldn't convert on a third and seven so i had to punt it away then joe burr on the cincinnati Bengals got it back had a nice pass to uh, t higgins who's been really great for this team um they've just been this offense has just been fun to watch i like joe mixon i like joe burrow i love jamar chase and what they've been doing but they weren't able to do anything on that next position and they just kick it off and then the second half i mean their defense played great they started shutting them down they, they started getting three and outs and that's when things started changing but during one of the plays uh, where the Bengals had got the ball back, Joe Burrow felt the pressure and uh, was able to get out of it and uh, throw a nice pass to Jamar Chase. Unfortunately, it didn't result in any touchdowns, but ended up getting, you know, nice field goal range for Evan McPherson. He kicks the field goal. The next possession for the Chiefs is an interception by the defensive lineman Hill. You know, I wasn't sure who Patrick Mahomes was throwing to, but it looks like he threw it right to the Bengals defender. They get the ball back. New life towards the end of the third, and they're they marched all the way down and uh yeah third and goal they, he finds his good old buddy jamar chase for the touchdown absolutely incredible man i love watching jamar chase this year he's been such such a great present to the uh to the nfl world then he gets the two-point conversion on the next play and then all of a sudden we got a tied ball game at 21 entering the fourth quarter yeah I, frankly the, the the kansas city chiefs at this point had blown a 21-3 lead damn they, they, they couldn't get anything going uh i couldn't believe what i was seeing in this one that the Bengals defense it just rattled Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes started playing the way he did back in Super Bowl 55 when he was just pressured constantly by the Tampa Bay Bucks defense. Joe Burrow did have a bad interception when he was trying to go for Chase when he was going towards the sideline. Thankfully that defense really stepped up and uh, held him in that game. You know creating that great pressure on him. Damn I, I just I just didn't see this one happening. I mean I, I thought that Kansas City was overall the better team but pff, Joe Burrow and them Cincinnati Bengals. I mean Joe Burrow's playing the way he did when he was going in his college playoff run for LSU and just dominated all the way through. I want to say he dominated, but he, he's definitely played great. I mean, he had nine sacks in uh, the game against Tennessee, but in this one, I mean... How many of the NFL experts were saying, Kansas City all the way, Kansas City all the way, Kansas City all the way? How many times can, do you think Kansas City can make it to the Super Bowl? I mean, shit, they, they, they're almost, you know, another bad season away from, I wouldn't say bad season, but like disappointing season away from being coming like the dynasty that never was. But with six minutes left, uh, the rookie Evan McPherson for the Cincinnati Bengals, who's been perfect in the playoffs, makes another one to make it 24-21. And then finally, the Chiefs were able to get back 
into this one by uh, driving down and draining the clock as much as possible, bringing it down to under two minutes. And uh, they were in the red zone trying to score, but Patrick Mahomes was doing the same thing where he was just kind of dancing around in the backfield, not knowing what he wanted to do. A couple of times, you know, he had run and uh, he was stopped short. This this was a this was a crazy ending because uh, it looked like they were just going to drain it all the way, and they were threatening. Man, they almost had a couple of opportunities to score, but that Bengals defense brought the pressure on Mahomes, made him feel uncomfortable. He got him a few times, and you know, third and goal, but they were backed up all the way at the nine and still weren't able to get it in. So they kicked the field goal. Harrison Buckner take them to another overtime. You know, they did force a fumble, but they they ended up recovering it on that on that last drive. But oh. It, it was a crazy ending. Of course, they go in overtime, and then Patrick Mahomes gets the ball back first. He was trying to go deep right away. And of course, the ball was tipped up in the air, and it was intercepted by the Cincinnati Bengals. It was about a midfield when that happened, but he threw it into double coverage. And, uh, yeah, the Bengals got it back. They were uh, they were ready to uh, put this game away. And uh, they, they pretty much drained the clock as much as possible. And uh, you could just see a defeated Patrick Mahomes standing on the sidelines without his helmet knowing that it was going to be over. Uh, some nice, beautiful runs by Joe Mixon. Put him into perfect field goal range for their rookie, Evan McPherson. And uh, as he was going out there on that on that field, I was just imagining, like, God, could you imagine being in that kicker's, you know, shoes right now? Just like, I, I could almost feel like he, he was probably, like, numb-legged. Just unbelievable in the, the position that he was in. And he kicks them into the Super Bowl. He kicks the game winner in overtime, making the score 27-24. And the Cincinnati Bengals, for the first time since 1989 are headed to the big dance they're going to the super bowl the first team announced on sunday and just unbelievable you know i i did not see that one happening obviously they, they beat him on earlier earlier in the year well at the end of the year um i think it was like week 17 that was basically you know it was in cincinnati so you would have figured that the team that loses the game ends up learning more and they end up playing better the next go around but it's basically you know they, they they were ahead they were dominating that game um couldn't convert in the end of the second half and that's where things just kind of completely fell apart for their offense killed their confidence um the rams and the niners were the next game and the rams First opening position went all the way down the field into the red zone. Stafford tried forcing a pass. It got deflected and fell perfectly into double coverage. And the Niners ended up picking it off. And, uh, yeah, the Niners ready to roll defensively. And, and that's what they've done all season long. And they've done such a great job on making them uncomfortable. They're, they're winners of the last six. The Rams have not beat the Niners in over three years or so. In this opportunity, this was a perfect chance for them to get the payback that they needed. But once again, this was another game where it was just completely the Niners' way. Um, they, they had a lot of great defensive plays, even though the uh, Rams scored first, and that was a good old Cooper Cup touchdown. Then Debo Samuel responded right away. So it was 7-7 at one point. Um, and then as the game went along, then, you know, the Niners started pulling away. They got a field goal from Robbie Gold. 10-7 at one point. The Rams tried going for it on fourth and one with a quarterback keep by Matthew Stafford. At that point, you know, they failed to convert. Niners get the ball back. Just hand it off right away to Debo Samuel. Get some nice chunk of, of yards. The Niners knew what they were doing offensively for the most part. 
they were doing great. The Rams defense was kind of looking like the same as they have in the past games. They kind of looked confused and overwhelmed by some of their, you know, sets that they had. A lot of guys, you know, completely running one way and then completely flipping over, trying to go the other way. Uh, but Von Miller had some nice games. Uh, George Kittle, he had a nice touchdown pass. And that was the last time the Niners would score in this game. Because going into the fourth quarter, it was 17-7 at that point. And I was like, eh, I don't know if the, the Rams can do it at this point. But that was uh, my own foolish mistake. Because the Rams, they, they kept their composure and held in it. They kept on going. There was a nice little flea flicker pass from uh, Stafford to the running back. Then back to him. And then got it over to his tight end. Got a big chunk of yards. And then topped it off with a nice touchdown to another cut touchdown to Cooper Cup in the second of the game. The Niners, of course, you know, they, they started to march down the field, but, uh, yeah, the Rams, the Rams held in there. The defense, you know, did what they could. It was 17-14, and they were about the halfway point, and they tried going for it on, uh, third and two. Nice, uh, fullback run, but it was stopped by the Rams, and then, uh, Stafford, <sighs> right away with the next play. Almost threw an interception to end the game, just pretty much seal it for the Niners. But he dropped the interception, it was right in his hands, and I think he was trying to go for Vance Jefferson, but was too short. Odell Beckham Jr. was there as well, but uh, the Niners defensive back dropped it while it just sat right in his hands, and it was almost over. Then Odell Beckham Jr. got the ball on the next play, and uh, Jimmy Ward basically headhunting him. Uh, helmet to helmet contact and uh, got the flag on that play. Then a nice pass over to Cooper Cup. He got it and he uh, got a big chunk of yards. Odell Beckham Jr. finding the ball. Um, they would be stopped, you know, in the red zone when they were trying to go for the third down play. Then uh, Matt Gay kicked the field goal to uh, tie the game at 17. Niners couldn't do anything on their next possession, so the Rams basically get it back and they, they, they start marching downfield and uh, Big play by Cooper Cup yet again this this dude There's a reason why he has the triple crown of the receiving in the NFL this this year leads the NFL on receptions touchdowns and receiving yards is an incredible feat that you know only few people have ever done it but to the way that Cooper Cup has done it has been incredible so he had a huge game, and uh, of course they couldn't get it in the end zone, but they kick a field goal, which puts them up 20-17. to 17. And then when the Niners get the ball back, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was pressured by Von Miller and good old Aaron Darnold, and basically forces him to dance around in the pocket, trying to avoid the tackles. And as he's being taken down by Aaron Darnold, uh, he just flings one up in the air, and uh, his running back is right there. It touches his hand, but it goes way, way too high for the running back to even try and make a Play, gets deflected and off his fingertips, ends up getting intercepted by the Los Angeles Rams, and the Rams are headed to the Super Bowl for 56. It's going to be the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals in Super Bowl 56, and uh, both these teams, this is going to be an exciting one, and we can't wait to get into it. Um, obviously, you know, we won't get to it this week because we got Pro Bowl week, and then, of course, so we'll take a week off, 
they'll get prepared for the Super Bowl. That's when all the excitement begins. Can't wait. This is going to be an interesting Super Bowl. I've just never really seen this. The Cincinnati Bengals, new blood, Joe Burrow, second year player who just absolutely elevated his legacy this past weekend by beating the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, in Arrowhead. An absolutely beautiful thing to do. That was exciting. So good for him. Good for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals making it to their first Super Bowl in over 30 years. So that's going to be an exciting uh, story. Uh, But another story on the other side is the Los Angeles Rams. So the team full of superstars and uh, great Pro Bowl players. You got somebody who barely got his first playoff win. It's been in the league since 2009 and has struggled with the Detroit Lions and then finally being traded this year for Jared Goff to the Los Angeles Rams and then just going on a remarkable run. I knew that Matthew Stafford wouldn't let down. I knew he was going to be impressive and I knew he was going to lead this team to high expectations. That's why I predicted them to be in the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year in my football preview show. Uh, But I also predicted the Buffalo Bills to be in it with them, not the Cincinnati Bengals. I actually predicted the Bengals to be one of the worst teams because I I felt like the Jamar Chase was uh, a dangerous pick. But that actually turned out to be smart for these Los Angeles Rams. Um, I feel like it's only right for them to go after the redemption after the 2018 season where they fell short to uh, Tom Brady and the uh, the Patriots in 53, Super Bowl 53. And yeah, I mean, Aaron Darnold's going to be hungry for that Super Bowl ring. He was almost there. This is his second chance at it. This is Von Miller's third shot at a Super Bowl ring. Uh, He already has one with Super Bowl 50. He's basically the only player on that team that has had a Super Bowl win. So a lot of veteran, a lot of guys are going to turn to him as veteran leadership and basically kind of go under him they just got to know that they got to lay it all out i really want to see matthew stafford win his first super bowl win um with the new with the los angeles rams it's gonna be exciting uh i think it's gonna be the rams i mean everything kind of points in favor of them they are seven seven point favorites i think uh, but it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see what's going to happen, but I imagine the Rams are going to pull it off in the end. It's going to be Los Angeles. I'm predicting, well, you know, it's too early for predictions. I need to look at these teams two seasons over this next week um, and basically break it all down and see see what I like and um, see, see who's really going to pull it off because Bengals have had some pr- impressive wins, but so have the Los Angeles Rams. And, uh, you know, with OBJ and Jefferson and Cooper Cup, it's great offensive uh, power. Um, those wide receiver cr- groups are very talented. Um, you, you need to see also Sony Michelle and uh, Cam Akers step up in this one uh, to get the run game going because they really don't have a run game to rely on. That may be the answer for them, but we'll see. But their defensive players, I mean, they, they're great. Jalen Ramsey, obviously, Von Miller, and Aaron Darnold. Those are three guys that obviously you need to look at. But Jalen Ramsey has been beat on a, on a few big plays uh, in the postseason this year. So, I mean, I don't want to say it, but he's kind of looking like Champ Bailey in that 2012 playoff run where he was getting beat a lot. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, we got some time before. We got the Super Bowl, got the Pro Bowl coming up, and uh, that should be a fun one. But haven't watched the Pro Bowl in quite some time. I don't think there was one last year, so that's going to be interesting for, you know, this episode, this was just basically more of a uh, quick rundown. Uh, A lot of the things that have happened in the NFL, just wanted to give you 
breakdown of the, some of the breaking news, talk about some of these great players and great coaches um, and some of their highlights. And then, of course, the last two games, which were a great weekend of uh, conference games. These these were a blast. These were fun to watch. Uh, absolutely did not expect the comeback from the Cincinnati Bengals and um, didn't think the Rams were going to pull it through, but they ended up doing it and finally beating the 49ers, um, who they haven't beaten the last six games. So it's been important. It's been great. Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, it's going to be in Los Angeles at the new Lo-Fi Stadium. That's going to be, or SoFi Stadium. I think it's Lo-Fi. Lo-Fi hip-hop. No, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. So it's actually a very beautiful stadium. Um, that's where it's going to be held. It's going to be great. Can't wait to see it. I'm excited for the Super Bowl. It's, it's just so different. You know, it's, you don't see Tom Brady every game. You don't see the Patriots. You don't see the Bucks. You don't see you don't see the Chiefs. It's, it's just fun times. I, I can't wait. It's going to be epic. If you like this episode, you know, you can always like, subscribe, comment, um, reach out to me, Elevated Sports Podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter with that handle. You can also email me personally at e at uh, elevated sports podcast at gmail.com and uh you can talk about various things regarding sports and other things um other things that are going on in, in colorado specifically the denver denver nuggets were they're currently on a six game road trip and they've actually pulled off four straight victories however they just fell tonight and lost to their northwest rival the uh minnesota timberwolves they will end their road trip against the Utah Jazz in Utah, so most likely it'll be a loss. But, you know, for them to come out in this uh, road win, especially going against Milwaukee and just completely blowing them out 135-100, to 100, that was an impressive win. So the, the Nuggets are doing great, and most likely they'll finish this uh, playoff or this uh, six-game road trip with a 4-2 four and, four and record, which is pretty impressive, and that's what they needed in order for them to... Uh, stay in good standings in the playoffs where they were starting off this uh, run being sixth in the in the western conference now they are fifth so they're moving on up and uh if they can beat the jazz that'd be huge but not really saying so um, but the colorado avalanche for them they're currently on a uh, incredible run they're uh, 16 home victories and that's uh tied for I think it's fifth right now in the NHL. It's best. It's a franchise best to have that many victories at home. Uh, I think they were 15-0-1 in the uh, in the month of January. So that's another impressive defeat. Avalanche are doing what they always do. And of course, uh, the Colorado Mammoth. I believe they are three and one. They just come off uh, three straight victories for the Colorado Mammoth. They haven't lost a game since they were blown out by the San Diego Seals 13-4. Since then, they've beaten the Panther City Lacrosse Club 8-7. The Riptide game wasn't played. That was the COVID concerns around New Year's. That was postponed. Then they played the Vancouver Warriors, which was an absolutely incredible game um, where they had come back in that one where they were down like 7 to nothing at one point. Um... Yeah, that was a fun game to watch. I, I highly recommend it. You can rewatch them on ESPN Plus. Uh, but the Mammoth finished that one off 18 to 15. Then they played them again at home and won that one 9 to 4. Their next game would be Saturday, February 5th, against the Calgary Roughnecks. Um, that will be in Ball Arena. So should be some fun times for the Colorado Mammoth. They're doing a great job. Great off to a great start, 4 and 1. 
Wisconsin's current record. They're second in the Western Conference, so that's what we got going for you. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll probably do a special on uh, the Denver Nuggets. Um, just kind of giving you a quick update about things going on with them on the next episode. But uh, until then, this has been Eric Sagala. Thank you so much for listening to the Elevated Sports Podcast. Hope you guys have a healthy 2022 and everything goes well. And I hope you guys all stay elevated and uh, have a great night. This has been the Elevated Sports Podcast. Please like and subscribe and follow at Elevated underscore Sagala, S-I-G-A-L-A, on Twitter and Elevated Sports Community on Instagram for updates and interactions with the host. Remember to always stay elevated.